1: Today is Friday, March 19, 2021. On this day in the year 2000, Vector Data Systems conducted a simulation of the 1993 Branch Davidian siege in Waco, Texas. The project determined that the government had not fired the first shot. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the simulation of the Branch Davidian siege conducted by Vector Data Systems. Let's go back to Fort Hood, Texas on March 19, 2000. Sixty miles from the charred remains of the Branch Davidian compound, British conglomerate Vector Data Systems organized a simulation of the tragic events that transpired seven years earlier. They wanted to recreate the armed standoff between members of the Branch Davidian cult and federal agents that resulted in the deaths of 76 Davidians, including 25 children. Though it was held on a military base, the simulation wasn't part of a training exercise. Instead, it was spearheaded by lawyers representing the U.S. government. By replicating the events of the siege, they hoped to prove that the Branch Davidians initiated the firefight that resulted in the deadly 51-day Waco siege. Eight men were situated on a Texas Army base that was repurposed to resemble the Branch Davidian complex. As planes outfitted with infrared cameras circled above them, they fired machine guns, rocket launchers, and assault rifles. The weapons were identical to those used by the Branch Davidians. By day's end, they would finally know which side was responsible. Like the standoff itself, the simulation was widely covered by the American media, a group that hadn't been particularly kind or fair to the Branch Davidians. Most outlets portrayed the organization as a psychotic doomsday cult, heavily armed and living in isolation. But just like the events surrounding the siege, the truth about the Davidians was far more complex. Unlike other so-called doomsday cults, the Davidians did not spring up overnight. The group was founded in 1930 by a Bulgarian immigrant named Victor Hotev. He was originally a member of the Seventh-day Adventist church, but left to form his own sect. Unlike the Seventh-day Adventists, Hotev believed that the Biblical Messiah was not Jesus Christ. He claimed a different deity would one day return to Earth, heralding the apocalypse. Afterward, that deity and the Davidians would rebuild a new Christian kingdom from their compound in Waco. But when it comes to the Davidians, one name stands out above all others, David Koresh. He found himself on the wrong side of the law long before the Waco standoff. Born to a 14-year-old single parent, Koresh never had much of a chance to enjoy a stable or productive childhood. For a time, he was abandoned by his mother, then lived with her and her boyfriend, who was a violent alcoholic. After dropping out of school at 17, Koresh sought some form of stability in his life and set his sights on the church. He joined the Davidians in 1981 at age 20. By then, he'd already been expelled from the Seventh-day Adventists after a number of unreciprocated attempts at wooing the pastor's daughter. Among the Davidians, Koresh claimed to be a religious prophet. While many within his new sect took his ramblings with a grain of salt or ignored them altogether, he was nonetheless able to generate a devoted and loyal following. Before Koresh, the Davidians had been largely peaceful, but as his influence grew he insisted his followers prepare more aggressively for a violent armageddon on his orders the members started training and stockpiling arms for the supposedly inevitable battle then on february 28, 1993 koresh's prophecy appeared to materialize but not in the form of a deity returned to earth or any kind of holy war instead It came at the hands of the United States government. Coming up, led by Koresh, the Davidians engage in one of the deadliest standoffs in U.S. history. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from Parcast. When you think of a criminal, do you picture a killer, a gangster, a thief? I bet you didn't think it could be the little old lady down the street who murdered her tenants. Every Wednesday on my series, Female Criminals, meet the unlikeliest of felons. Mothers, neighbors, and unsuspecting lovers with a penchant for dangerous behavior. Discover the psychology and motives behind their disturbing crimes, and find out where their story stands today. But that's not all. Airing right now on Female Criminals is our special five-part look at the world's most infamous femme fatales, women who were deceptive and deadly, but not always the villain. Catch these episodes and more by following the Spotify original from Parcast, Female Criminals. New episodes premiere weekly. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On March 19, 2000, Vector Data Systems conducted a simulation of the 1993 Waco siege. They sought to determine what had gone wrong during the standoff between federal agents and the Branch Davidians. The conflict had been a long time coming. Authorities first grew suspicious of the Branch Davidians after receiving tips that Koresh had taken multiple wives and fathered children with underage girls in the late 1980s. But it seems that those tips were never fully investigated. What eventually piqued the FBI's interest was a rumor that Koresh maintained a cache of illegal weapons. In 1987, Koresh and his followers engaged in an armed standoff with other members of the compound. Though Koresh was initially charged with attempted murder, he was found not guilty and was allowed to keep the guns. They were the same weapons that were undoubtedly used against federal agents six years later, on February 28, 1993. That day, members of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives attempted a raid on the compound to execute a search warrant. Instead, a gun battle erupted, and when it was over, five Davidians and four ATF agents lay dead. The FBI then took over and proceeded to engage in a 51-day standoff with the Branch Davidians. During that time, agents negotiated with Koresh and tried to weaken the group's resolve. Nothing seemed to work. Finally, on April 19th, the FBI assembled a literal army to breach the complex. They used 10 Bradley tanks, two Abrams tanks, four combat engineering vehicles, and a total of 899 people to breach the compound. The forces had no trouble getting inside, but even outnumbered and outgunned, Koresh and his followers refused to surrender. Just moments later, an inferno of Armageddon-like proportions erupted. The rampaging fire burned through almost the entire compound, killing 76 of the 85 Branch Davidians within, including David Koresh and several children. The vector data system simulation conducted on this day seven years later would show that the Davidians had likely initiated the gun battle with ATF agents, but that did nothing to exonerate the actions of the U.S. government to a majority of the American public. In 1995, after being radicalized by the Waco siege, Timothy McVeigh blew up the Oklahoma City Federal Building, killing 168 people. And McVeigh wasn't the only American galvanized by Waco. Instead of serving as a warning, the event was a call to arms for anti-government conspiracy theorists, white supremacists, and militia members. Today, the siege serves as a shorthand for government overreach and the infringement of American civil rights. And David Koresh, a man who most likely raped underage girls and claimed to be a messianic prophet, is now seen as a martyr. Since Waco, these fringe groups have occupied a powerful place in American society. Thanks to the internet and social media, their lies, grievances, and shady appeal can spread farther and faster than ever before. Now these groups see themselves as the true defenders of freedom, ready to go to war with the government if and when they need to. We must do all we can to avert the next so-called Armageddon. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more on the Waco siege, check out our full-length two-part episode on the Spotify original from ParCast, Hostage. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Tony Goodman, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson.